When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbein, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we got plenty of to talk about the Baltimore Ravens have a new wide receiver one, but does it really mean anything if they don't have a quarterback on top of that? Some interesting pre-draft visits for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a big name in the NFL draft that seemingly is sliding out of the top 10. The real question is how close to that 17th pick does he need to get before the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the phone making some calls about moving up? It's been a beautiful week in the bark. Steven was enjoying his time down at the beach in Florida. I'm not even going to ask you how you've been or how you are right now. I want to know how have you been with your week off? How did you enjoy your, your time away from, from some Pittsburgh Steelers football? It was great. Um, it was really good. Restful. Um, I, I did what I always did and I got severely sunburned the first day I went to the beach down there um, and was paying for it for the rest of the week. I like get super sunburned the first day and then have to sit under an umbrella for the, for the rest of the week. So that was nice. Um, still dealing with the it's it's in like the peeling off stage now, which is always fun. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, I'm feeling good. It was great. Clearwater is a, a beautiful, beautiful city. If you can never go down there, um, it, it was a lot of fun. But I'm but I'm happy to be back talking Steelers football. You know, missed yeah. it. And yeah, well, that's that's good to hear. Most people don't miss April football. So I'm glad to know that, you know, we're the real troopers over here. That's what it is. Yeah, you know, and everybody's got to, somebody's got to stay strong. It's us. Uh, the sunburn thing, at least I tell everybody this every single time because, you know, I'm lucky enough to be full-blooded Italian. I, I don't even know what sunburn is, but it's just going to turn into a tan, you know? Right. You're going to be the exactly. tanest person in Pittsburgh in like four days. Right. And that's all you need. That's all you need. It's a good time. Um, it's it, That's nice. Clearwater, I've never been there. Tampa, you said it was right outside of Tampa, which is always good. Yep. Yeah, Florida's uh Florida's the place to be. Meanwhile, it was 85 degrees all week here, so I blame I was you. Say, I kind of wasted some days of, of nice weather here in Pittsburgh, yeah. but it seems like we'll be we'll be just fine this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Brought, we're, brought the Florida we're like, weather back with me. Yeah, thank you for that. We're on the we're on the brink of like it's gonna be 90, and then you know, second winter comes, and then and then we round it out. Then we're done. Summer's here, Absolutely. everybody's back in the facility, and it's a good time. Let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers football. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens making the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. A one-year deal worth $15.5 million could go up to $18 million. Um, I, I saw somebody from the Athletics say that an NFL executive straight out said to him after the signing that it, it, crazy was pretty much the word he would use. He wouldn't even say overpaid. When you saw the deal, Did first off, I, I think I was surprised that it happened this quickly to Baltimore with their questions about a quarterback. But, you know, what were your thoughts on the matter? Well, yeah, that was my first kind of thought is why invest 
this kind of money and uh, a big time receiver when you don't even know who's going to be throwing to him. Um, my next thought was kind of, does this make it any more likely that Lamar will play with the franchise tag? You know, uh-huh. like I, you know, I, I, I get one of the, one of the gripes with the Ravens was the lack of weapons and stuff like that, but it, it still seems like it's all about the money with him, which just goes back to why would you invest this kind of money in a move that is not going to move the needle for you unless you have your elite MVP caliber quarterback with you. Yeah, that's how I, I mean, you, you saw the picture. Did, I, did you see the picture of Lamar and OBJ last night after? Yeah. Yeah. They were the FaceTime, deal, the FaceTime thing. You know, I, I took that as a hint that he's going to play this season, but, I also, you know, like at the end of the day, money speaks. And if I've learned anything in the NFL, it's that, yeah, like getting a star wide receiver is cool. And that certainly helps things, I believe. But $200 million guaranteed is much is is always going to trump Odell Beckham Jr. Like that's not going to change. And my thought was like, yeah, okay, it was cool. It was a good signing. I think that for OBJ, for a guy who clearly said, I want to go be on a contender and you know, make some money. It kind of just felt like he just took the biggest deal that he was offered. He didn't expect to get a deal lower than this, which I mean, $18 million is that's huge for a 30 year old wide receiver who hasn't played in a year and a half. Right. Coming off. What was the injury? Achilles and ACL. So ACL injury in the Super Bowl didn't play last season. So you're 30, a year removed from football. You have no idea what you're going to get out of this guy. And you just, handed him $15.5 million and can make $18 million. Like it, to me, Odell Beckham Jr. got a steal. And I think he realized that took the money. And at the same argument, Lamar has got to be sitting there going, you just handed this guy $15.5 million, but you won't pay me what I'm worth. You're going to overpay a 30 year old wide receiver, but you won't pay the value of your 26 year old MVP quarterback. I just, it was a good right. move for them, like, you know, to save face and kind of say, hey, we're trying, we're, we're trying. But I don't think it, just like you said, I don't think it moves the needle at all. Like, if I'm if I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, I'm still sitting here thinking we are in a lot of trouble because we don't have a quarterback. Like, they just don't. It, Otto Beckham Jr. isn't going to convince Lamar to play this season. He's just not. Yeah, and it's not like the Ravens are working with this abundance of cap space, cap space either. Like, why even, I I don't know, if you wanted a receiver, that was fine. But, like, this receiver for that much money at this moment in time, it it makes no sense. And it it seems purely kind of like you referenced a saving face move, just to say, oh, we're trying something. But, I don't know, that's an expensive way to show that you're trying. And it, it, I, I just don't see how it changes their outlook for, for the coming year. I mean, it's like you're still, you're still all centered around, Oh, is Lamar coming back or not? But with $15 million less in cash face. Yeah. And then last week, while, while you were gone, Anthony Richardson comes to Baltimore on a pre-draft visit. My mind starts going, I put out an article last, I don't know, near the end of last week. It it was uh, a, it's a theory on why are they scouting the guy that's going to go top five in the NFL draft when they pick 22nd? That's just not going to happen. So there's got to be some thought of them moving up. The Indianapolis Colts would be the team to move up to do it with. If you're, I mean, for two sides here, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. really cares. Like he could be like, you could, Tyler Huntley could be my quarterback. I'm making $15.5 million this season. Right. I didn't sign here to win a Super Bowl. Like I signed here 
to make $15.5 million. Could have went to a Super Bowl contender, decided to come to Baltimore. I mean, the the Ravens might be looking at this saying, well, we'll just go get a rookie quarterback, get rid of Lamar. He'll have a very reliable set of hands to throw the football to. But I don't think, again, like it's a one-year solution for a team that came into this season with everybody upset about how they just continue to do patchwork instead of actually fixing problems. And their biggest issue is their quarterback that they're just trying to do patchwork on instead of finding a long-term solution with Lamar Jackson. It just, again, like it seems to fall and nothing's changed. Like it's a big headline. It's very cool for the, for the Ravens and it's exciting and it'll sell jerseys and it'll get people in the stadium and fans can be excited for a little while but it follows the exact trend of everything that they've done wrong this offseason. And I just think that it, it stays the same there. But at the same time, you know, you do have a, a reliable set of hands. If you do get a rookie, I, I'm not going to say for Tyler Huntley, I don't think that, you know, you could put Tyler Huntley back there with every wide receiver possible. I don't think it does anything, but for a rookie quarterback, I mean, that's got to add some confidence. Let me ask this. If the Ravens go out and get Deandre Hopkins now, do you think that 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 that's enough to say, oh, okay, now I think that Lamar's got to come back because he just, he sees the opportunity in this season. It'd be tempting um, for sure, but just can't like, can the Ravens do that? Like, I don't, I heard I that DeAndre's got a, like he he's willing to take a pay cut to whatever team he's traded to. Interesting. Okay. So maybe it is possible. I mean, yeah, like if I'm Lamar Jackson, I at at a certain point there's we were talking about him and his relationship with the Ravens saying that he is kind of their future, you know, and they yeah. kind of go as Lamar Jackson goes, but you throw in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. and I think Lamar is looking at his first big chance for not just you know regular season but postseason success ever in his career like like yeah. you know his he first got one cha- playoff win so, right yeah. his first real chance to to win a Super Bowl and you just think about all the things that they'd be able to do even just with DeAndre Hopkins in in that offense n- never mind Odell Beckham Jr. and Lamar Jackson in it, it would just open up so many things for him it would be in my opinion if I'm if I'm Lamar Jackson probably an opportunity that's too too good to to pass over. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's what that was my thought immediately is there is a very short list of guys that could come into Baltimore and keep this keep this together. You know, keep it intact. Odell Beckham Jr. is not one of them, unfortunately. DeAndre Hopkins is. Like DeAndre Hopkins comes somewhere and you immediately start thinking Okay, you know, this offense could be something, you know, because worst case scenario, I'll just always throw it up to DeAndre Hopkins and he'll come down with it enough times that I feel comfortable that we'll win games. Odell is not going to give you that. But, you know, you get the opportunity to play with a guy like DeAndre and see if you can make some magic, I think is I I don't want to say is big enough to trump two hundred million dollars, but. For a year, I think it's big enough to take a chance. And on top of that, I mean, Lamar strikes me as a guy who will take a chance on himself just to prove to everybody I am worth this money. If I'm 
Lamar. And the fact that he doesn't have an agent scares me in this situation because I think an agent would tell him, dude, stop. You're crazy. Sit out. You'll make the money. But the fact that it's just him and his mom, I think he'll say, I'm going to go prove myself. I'm going to go play. I'm going to go win a Super Bowl. And I mean, I, I wouldn't advise to do that. But if you get a guy like DeAndre, it's hard to say no. Now, a guy like Odell, I don't feel that way. And, yeah. and I don't think his thought process is that either. And, and if it is, I mean, somebody, I hope somebody tells him to stop. But again, it just doesn't move the needle. Like it doesn't move the needle in the entire situation. And I think on top of that, it's a little bit sad that a 30-year-old coming off an ACL surgery, Odell Beckham Jr. is like the greatest wide receiver Lamar's ever had five yeah. years into his NFL career. Like that's just, it's a little sad. Like it's it's a little sad for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't expect I don't expect much from them. Yeah, it, it is. And you just think about what Lamar could have done if he's, I guess, done right by his team is not. No, done right. I agree with you on there. I think done right by his team. I think the, yeah. the past five years, it's just been ignoring major issues in this offense because they just anticipate Lamar will just save them. Right. And that's kind of my next point is that they're not that far from like they have really good defense they have a ton of talent on defense it's like a a lot of the solutions are in-house and I think you looked at that team and you just you plug back you plug Lamar back in when he's healthy and you get him some pass like it when you look at it from a 30,000 foot view the Ravens aren't unfixable and they're not that far away from from being a contender it's just they've seemed so unwilling to make the tough decisions that like, the, like I get it. Lamar has some risks attached risk attached to him just because of how he plays and his injury yeah. history. But I don't know. The, the Ravens are unwilling to go all in on the guy that they went all in on when they drafted him. And it just kind of makes yep no sense, which is why, you know, again, it just seems unlikely that they're going to go all in on a guy like Deandre Hopkins to keep Lamar around and to keep him I don't know in the fold. I think that at this point, their strategy is let's just try to peacock our way into Lamar playing under the non-exclusive franchise tag. I don't think it's going to work. But just like you said, I think the Baltimore Ravens are a quarterback away, a quarterback and a, a capable offense away from being a Super Bowl contender. Lamar Jackson's that quarterback. I don't know if they have the capable offense, but. You know, if they could put that together, they're they're right there. But again, I don't I just don't see I, I've already kind of ruled the Baltimore Ravens out of yeah. my head as a contender this season. And that's good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who seemingly are just going to get better, you know, in year two with Kenny Pickett and that defense and hopefully Matt Canada and the rest of everything that's going on. Um, on top of that, oh, actually, before we before we talk pre-draft visits, I do want to get your opinion on this because. I you were not around last week for me to ask the opinion. I don't know if you saw it while you were chilling on the beach, but the Steelers hired an offensive assistant coach, Glenn Thomas. Mm. Guy comes long list of quarterback coach as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator through the ranks, uh, made Baylor a top 10 team in the nation. Charlie Brewer, 69 touchdown passes, I believe, in his career, maybe a season. I don't even know. Uh, developed Matt Ryan, took Matt or helped Matt rule in the Temple Owls. Go back-to-back 10-win seasons. Has the connection to Kenny Pickett because he was the OC in Temple where Kenny originally committed to college. 
do you do you look at this? What were your thoughts when you saw it? Did you see it and go, well, there it is. There's Matt Canada's replacement, or did you just say, okay, this was a good move, or maybe it was a bad move? So this guy, he no, uh, no offensive coordinating experience in the NFL, right? Offensive assistant, like the position he has now, he held in Atlanta like ten years ago, and also was their quarterback coach at the time, quarterbacks coach at the time. Yes. Okay. So by that version, and this was a point, I think Brian, ba- I think I saw Brian back of the post Gazette make it at the time, but and I thought it was a really good one. He might be, he, it, it is well within, I guess the realm of possibility. Like it's, it's, it's a non-zero chance that he could be Matt Canada's replacement, but it seems very un like and very un Mike Tomlin like to bring in a guy without offensive coordinating experience in the NFL to replace someone, you know, like that. Didn't he do that with Matt Canada? I guess not right but, now, not right now. I'm talking a year from now. Yeah, but st- I mean, I don't know this like a guy who's I, I guess you're right about them about Matt Canada, but yeah, but I mean, look how that has turned out. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Turned like, off, it turned out awful, awful. Right. So the the recent history is not not particularly kind. Yeah. I I suppose so. I I don't know. I feel I feel like they're more likely to bring in someone who maybe won't wow you but is more established than this. Like I I think the I think they're going to ha- they're going to lean on whenever Matt Canada leaves, they're going to lean on someone with actual NFL experience next time. Like I I don't know. This experiment did not work and I I get the sense that that's going to kind of scare them away from could you call Matt Canada an up and comer? Because it's weird. Because Matt Canada wasn't particularly no. young when he no, took he was, this job. He wasn't like, young, but he was he was like supposed to be like that new revolution of of football. You know what I mean? Like right and fun, dynamic offensive coordinator didn't happen. I agree. I agree. I, I didn't think about it like that. You know, with the whole like would would you try it again after it didn't work out the first time? I guess you just gotta like hope that Mike Tomlin learned from his. Mistakes can't honestly say that well, as I'm saying that I feel confident that he did or that he will, you know, like I could, I could easily see Mike Tomlin going, yeah, well, you know, it didn't work. To, we're going to try it again. And if it doesn't work the second time, then we'll figure it out from there or just completely ignoring the fact that those two connections exist and just being like, well, this is just, this is our guy. But at the same time, you just, you have to hope that the improvement and the self reflection is there. So I do agree with, with that analysis, I, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. I, I I liked it. I thought it was a good hire for the position. I think it's a really good hire. Yeah. I think, you know, they could do absolutely nothing, but I'm excited to get a new name in there, you know? Get, get a new fresh face, see if it changes anything, see if it, it improves the offense. It is just interesting having kind of another cook in the kitchen, per se. Yeah. Like, you've already got – um, is it Pat Sullivan? It's Pat Mike Sullivan. Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. Isn't Mike yeah. Sullivan also the name of the Penguins coach? It is. Okay, that's why I'm get confused about. Yeah, that. yeah. Pat Sullivan was a basketball coach, college okay. basketball coach, maybe. Okay, I don't know, name sounds familiar. Um, Mike Sullivan, but yeah, you've got Mike Sullivan in there who's got offensive coordinating experience. Now you've got Canada, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on this guy's name. Glenn Thomas. Glenn Thomas. You, now you've got three guys in there with offensive coordinating experience. You've got. I, it, it's just interesting that they are getting Matt Canada help per se. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that's. I think it's it is interesting there. I'm also very excited that it's not a Byron Leftwich. I thought that would have been a good move. I think Glenn Thomas is a better move. You know, really? come in here, 
have some really solid quarterback experience, minimal question marks about developing a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like Brian Byron left, which the big thing was, well, did Tom Brady do it? Was it Bruce Arians offense? It's like, all right, yeah, maybe you're right there. Well, Glenn Thomas, it's just like, oh yeah, no, definitely. If you, Mm -hmm. if you turn the Baylor, the Baylor bears into something crazy and you like Charlie Brewer didn't turn into anything. You know, nobody knows who Charlie Brewer is. The only reason I know who Charlie Brewer is, is because on the long list of accomplishments of Glenn Thomas, Charlie Brewer's name just is right there with 69 touchdown passes. Um, you know, you helped develop Matt Ryan. You helped Matt Rule turn Temple into something like, right. you know, it just feels like it's, it's their sturdy resume reflection there instead of just like another yeah, and question there's, mark. Well, the idea of making something out of nothing, I think is yes. the, the experience doing that. Like Baylor was, Baylor was in a rough place when Matt Rule took over. So was Temple. I mean, Temple was... Temple had a hundred years of nothing yes. history. Baylor was coming off of like one of the worst college sports scandals ever. Um, but there was, it, it would, it took a lot of work to build those programs up into winners and to be a part of that. Certainly, you know, it speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You needed somebody who just knows how to lay the groundwork. I agree with you there. All right, let's talk pre-draft visits. Two huge names that stood out in the most recent selection of prospects to come in the Steelers are near in that 30 mark on these top 30 visits Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon probably the top corner in the class don't expect him to fall out of the top 10 I don't think many expect him to fall out of the top 10 and then the other one is Clayton Toon Houston quarterback major questions there but his stat line's pretty pretty impressive we looked it up before the show the guy's you know, he, he's got some he's got some marks to look at and say, oh, OK, maybe there's a little bit of optimism here. Let's start with Christian Gonzalez. You bring in the top cornerback in the class. Do you look at this as they're just doing their homework? Because in my opinion, there's no point in doing homework. Like you're not you're not bringing in right. Jalen Carter, hoping that he slides out of the top 10. Why would you bring in Christian Gonzalez thinking he's going to slide out of the top 10 unless their mindset is. Maybe this is the guy that we're going to move up for if they're thinking like that. Well, yeah, just what, how much homework do you have to do? You know, this guy has been the top corner in the draft, you know, maybe not the top corner in the draft, but at least top two, top three, four months, like going back to the beginning of the year, I guess in January, but like he, he's no, there are no surprises. There should be no surprises with this guy already. Um, so I just don't I don't get it in that sense. Um, I feel like if they were, I, I just don't know what a, a meeting with Christian Gonzalez would tell you that the film and everything you saw at the combine and and and, and everything else and whatever informal meetings they've had with him wouldn't have told them. You know, yeah. if you're not sold on Christian Gonzalez yet, what what did you need to see? That's what I'm saying. Like, what what was the? Why are you? It would be one thing if it was like, oh, they had a formal interview with them at the combine, just like you said. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, like, you know, this is an opportunity to meet with them. But you only have 30 pre-draft visits. You're clearly spending time on later round guys because you're looking at a quarterback when you don't necessarily need a quarterback. Why are you wasting a a visit on a guy that, for one, isn't going to be there at 17 and and there's not like a trend like it's not like there's like oh well 
there's question marks. There's no question marks. It's it's Christian yeah. Gonzalez is just consensus top corner, maybe number two corner in the draft. And even if he's number two, like he's he's pick nine or pick ten instead right. of pick six. Like it just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense to me to say, oh well, we're just you know we're just going to do our homework on all of the top corners. It's like yeah. I, I get that definitely, but you're also looking at defensive linemen. You're not talking to Jalen Carter. You know, you're not inviting Will Anderson in for a pre-draft right. visit. Like, you know, Paris Johnson didn't come in for a pre-draft visit. It just, you know, like why, why, why Christian Gonzalez? It's just a big giant question mark on their thinking of, you know, maybe they are like, may, maybe they're looking at this situation and going, if he's there at 12, 13, he's clearly the best corner in the draft. But I think like at that point, like, you know, why are you why are you taking Keely Ringo out to dinner like two months after you met with them at right. a pro day? Yeah. Like, you know, like, why are you why are you falling in love with all these other guys? Why? You know, it's not like if you draft Christian Gonzalez or you miss Christian Gonzalez and you have to settle for Joey Porter Jr. You're like, oh, man, yeah, we missed like we, out. Like, right. That's the other thing. Like if Christian Gonzalez is falling, you're going to get a great guy especially at corner, like a guy that you really like yeah. at that same position at your pick that you don't even have to move for. Um, yeah, that it, I, I don't understand this really at all. Um, no. But I don't no. know. Maybe they're just – maybe they're thinking of moving up. I, I don't know. Like maybe they're moving up in the top 10 for him. It, that's the thing is like it have to be in the top 10 because just like you said, like if he slides like, you know, with Jalen Carter, and I want to talk about Jalen Carter in a minute, but – with J- with a guy like Jalen Carter, if he slides to eleven or twelve, you're on the phone for him. If Christian Gonzalez slides to eleven or twelve, and even like Devin Witherspoon goes in the top ten in front of him, well, Joey Porter Jr. is still on the board. Keely Ringo still on the board. Emmanuel Forbes is still on the board. Tyreek Stevenson right. still on the board. Cam Smith still on the board. Like you know, like there's right there's just almost no need to say, oh well, we got to go get our guy and and make a move here. Like there's chances are somebody's going to be there now. If he slides to 15, maybe you're like, okay, you know, let's move up and go get our guy here. Two picks, you're not going to have to give up much. But, like, that's the chances of that are so slim. Right. Especially compared to names like Peter Skaronsky, who they haven't brought in for a pre-draft visit. Paris Johnson, who they haven't right. brought in for a pre-draft visit. Like, why? Why? Why is it? why is it the top corner that might slide instead of, left tackles who who likely will be there from 10 to 15 that maybe you should be focusing on those instead of this guy right and it's 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 that on top of the fact that Ringo and Forbes and yeah. uh, and and not Witherspoon um Porter, Porter but yeah th- there are going to be so many other corners so you can draft at that 17 pick or even later so if you want to move up move up for something else you there see this go. guy right here <laughs> Little guest appearance. Little guest appearance. He's been standing behind me the whole time. He's furious at the idea of the Steelers wasting a top thirty uh, visit on. He's furious because I went home for the weekend to my parents' house mm-hmm. to enjoy Easter with my family. Yeah, and I came back and he's just like, "Did you know that you left me for two whole <laughs> days? Well, I don't know what you're doing." So now he just wanted. He's just sitting here the whole day, mm-hmm. um, making up for lost time. Yeah, he made two guest appearances while you were gone as well. The guy just. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's coming for your job, if we're being honest. Mm, okay. I think Fitz, not that he's got a shot, but, you know, I think Fitzgerald's, you know, he's tossing in his name out there like, hey, man, you know, mm. you need another co-host. I got you. I, I got my eye on him. 
but good old Fitzy. But yeah, uh, where were we? Um, but yeah, like uh, going for trading up for a corner, which you're gonna have your your pick of the rest. It's a deep cornerback class. You're gonna have your pick of the rest of the guys instead of looking at one of these offensive linemen or Jalen Carter who could fall. That yeah, this just weird. It feels like a weird allocation of your time and your resources when when you'll have options. Yeah. Uh, that's that's exactly it. Like it's a very strange allocation of your top 30 visits when there are other ways to utilize and and kind of scout guys that I think fill a bigger need who could sli- who have a more likely chance of sliding into that top 10 to 15 range. In that same in that same conversation, Jalen Carter a name that apparently, according to reports, is being is being lifted from draft boards. I have been told by at least two teams in the top 10 that Jalen Carter actually is off of their draft board. He won't take he won't take calls or schedule pre-draft visits with anybody outside of the top 10 because him and Drew Rosenhaus believe that he's definitely a top 10 pick in the draft. I mean, first off. I don't think that's a consensus pay our decision anymore. I don't think that's thought second off. Even if they don't take him in for a pre-draft visit, even if they don't get to do that last bit of homework on him, if he slides out of the top 10 and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's gotta be assumed that they at least make a couple of phone calls to say, Hey, what do we got to do to go get this guy? Yeah. You're absolutely seeing what it would take, but I, be nice. I, it, it would be nice. You just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not so sure. I, I like. I, I would be. I was perfectly comfortable with the idea of going. You know, corner. Uh, you know, maybe trading up for offensive lineman if it's Karanzi or Johnson or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just thought I, I loved seeing mock drafts where they were waiting until later rounds to get defensive linemen. I wasn't that concerned with getting him in in the first round. Jalen Carter makes you rethink that a little bit. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. He's the best player in the draft, in my opinion. Like, really? I think Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson's very good. I think they're one one A one B. But I think what Jalen Carter can do when he's like peak athletic form, peak Jalen Carter is just like it's you know edge rushers are really really good and they're flashy and they're cool. But like what Jalen Carter could do in the middle of a football field and in the middle of a defensive line is just like almost unstoppable at times. He's got the body. He's got the, you know, he's got the size. He'd come to Pittsburgh and he'd play with Cam Hayward, who if, you, if you're going to if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you want to utilize Cam Hayward's last final seasons, having the best player in the draft at that position, a, a guy that is already looked at as a superstar who at one point was being considered the the possible number one pick in the draft, you know, to learn f- alongside this guy while getting NFL experience. I mean, I just think that's the perfect formula for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think you could go wrong there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. But do you just, what would it cost? That's the big one. What would it cost? Right. Cause if it's multi, if it's like three picks, to, cause you're moving up into the top. I guess you're only moving up. You're moving up into the top 15, probably. Yeah, th- I think 12, that's the big like, question is like, what do you like? How how long are you willing to wait? Like if it's 11, like the draft order outside of the top 10 all gets very dangerous. 
So 10 is the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think is a very dangerous team for to take Jalen Carter. Tennessee Titans, dangerous team to, J- to take Jalen Carter, but at the same time just signed Jeffrey Simmons to a huge deal. Yeah, Houston the- Texans, definitely a dangerous team. And then the New York Jets, maybe, maybe not. You know, like they'd take them. They don't really need them, but I think they'd take them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where, where are you waiting? Like, are you going just 11? Boom, we're on the phone with the Titans. Let's make a deal done. Let's not take any risks. Because I think at that point, like, like maybe you're giving up 32. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know if I want to do that. That I agree. I just think like the value lo- like the value loss from I, I love that 32 pick. I, that, I think that's going to be. Yeah, me too. I think it's the best pick the Steelers have. Like by far. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I absolutely agree. And yeah. so I'm just. And that and that would absolutely that would be the first thing to go. Well, 17 would have to go, but. 32 if you're trading if i'm trading away a top 15 pick and i'm not getting that 32 from the steelers that i don't know that deal's not happening so that's what i'm saying and i just i understand what you could add i think the value lost of that 32 i I could really care less about the 17th pick quite honestly but like that's what i'm saying like if i gave up a 17th and like next year's second round pick cool feeling real good about that one Right. You know, 17 and 49. Cool. Feeling real good about that one. 17 and 80. Cool. Fine. 32. Like there's just so much substance there. There's the ability where there's the whole, I think the biggest thing about 32 is the fact that you have to wait 24 hours before you make that selection. And in that 24 hours, all 32 teams in the end are all 31 other teams in the NFL are going to call you and they're going right. to say, Hey, let's make this offer. Here's my offer. What do we have to do to make a trade? Like you will have so much attention on you for that pick. And if somebody slides, that's only more dangerous. Like it could be a position that you don't even need. But like if B. John Robinson slides out of the first round, you know how many people are going to call the Pittsburgh Steelers to go get B. John Robinson? Like literally every single person. If some if if Will Levis falls out of the first round, Hendon Hooker you know, somehow slides out or or I shouldn't say somehow, but if he slides out of that first round and continues to gain the speed and the momentum that he has right now, like people are going to lose their minds. If, you know, Darnell Wright or Dwan Jones is sitting there at 32, you have your pick at left tackle. Like there's just so many options for the Pittsburgh Steelers at 39. That being said, when they moved up to get Devin Bush, they gave up, I believe it was next year's first. So it was, I I don't believe it was a lot. I believe, I mean, it was their pick. It was their current first round pick. And then I believe it was next year's first could be wrong on that. But if that's what they have to give up, I'm going to consider it. You know, I'm not going to say no for Jalen Carter. If it's two picks, if it's, so if it's 17 and 32, that's one thing. And I'm less likely to do it. But if it's only two picks, if it's like 17 and 49. Oh, I'm pulling the trigger. Easy. Absolutely. Easy. Absolutely. No questions asked. Uh, yeah. From what you could get at 49, like who cares? I'll wait till 80. I got 32. Like I just got Jalen Carter and I got 32. I could get my corn. Like they love Keely Ringo, apparently. You get right. Keely Ringo. If you got Jalen Carter and Keely Ringo. Yeah, just rebuild the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like totally fine. Totally fine. You have a, you have a national champion. You have the two most impactful players from not this past championship because Stenson Bennett went out for 400, 300 million yards. Yeah. But the year before, 
most important people on that team. Like Jim right, Carter's on dog. one of the best defenses, one of the best college defenses ever. They yep. were the best players, and they could learn from, and they get to learn from Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, who's a good vet to learn from, right. and Patrick, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Like, nah, yeah, that's a that's a win win. Like that's as good of a win as you could get if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think if mm-hmm. if, I, if, he, if they get to ten, I'm calling. Like if Jalen Carter slides to the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to call the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think. They would say yes because I think they would rather Jalen Carter. But if they pass up on him, well, they're gonna t- are they gonna take? They still have Brandon Graham, right? Mm-hmm. They still they retained a lot. Like Hargrave didn't sign somewhere. No, he Hargrave said. went to San Francisco. Yeah, but they, they still have, have Jordan they, Davis. Yeah, they still have Jordan Davis in there. I don't know if it's a slam dunk that they would take. I don't either. That's the thing is I think that if Christian Gonzalez is still on the board, they'll consider Christian Gonzalez. I think B. John Robinson's a very sneaky pick for them right there at 10. Like, I just, I think there's. They're not taking B. John at 10. I don't know. B. Maybe. B. John's, I don't know. He's a running back. I understand that. But, you know, if they, with the way that they operate a football team, possibly. Possibly. I just don't, I, I'm just agreeing. Like, I don't think that it's a slam dunk that, that mm-hmm. like Jalen Carter is our guy. Yeah. We're going to check, especially if he slides to the top 10. Like they might be thinking, yeah, well, you know, we just got to steal or they're thinking there's got to be a reason here. You know, like I was told that one team within the top 10 removed Jalen Carter months ago because they knew all these issues were going to come up well before they started to, you know, like that's just the reputation that this guy has mm-hmm. within those, some of these teams in the top 10, if the Eagles are one of them. You get, to, you get to 11 you know, the Titans don't need oh, them yeah. that bad. You can make a trade with the Titans. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's a very big possibility for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Would I say it's uh, closer to zero than it is 100? Yes, 100%. Yeah. But I think the door is very much so open, and I'm not ready to shut it. And I think the closer we get to the draft, that is a name to watch. You know, I, I think the other part of this is People are he has said that he's not gonna accept phone calls outside of the top ten. I think that if the Pittsburgh Steelers have one pre-draft visit left at the end of this month and they call Jalen Carter, he's going to Pittsburgh. You know, like there's no way that he's sitting there and Mike Tomlin picks up the phone or picks up the phone and calls him and he goes, Oh, sorry, Mike. I'm not coming to Pittsburgh. Like it's Mike Tomlin in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going well, to Mike especially Tomlin. if he's been sitting on his couch for the past month. No, yeah, not sitting on his couch, but you know what I mean? Like if he's not, if he hasn't done a visit yet and he's only taken top 10 visits and you get to the very end of this and no yeah. one's called him. Yeah. Then I think so far he's got the Seattle Seahawks and that's it. That's literally the only meeting he's got. Like yeah. you can't feel real confident about that situation. And, and I could see if the Titans call and you say no, and the, the Texans call and you say no, the Pittsburgh Steelers call, you say yes. Like, that's just what that's just what it is. Like, Mike Tomlin holds such ground in the NFL that, especially for the young defensive players, like, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is smart enough to go, yeah, well, maybe we could convince them to go get you, and that is the team we would like to be on. Like, I don't know. I just think it makes it makes a lot of sense for both sides, unless the trade value is too high. But we'll get to that come, come draft night. None of that will happen till, uh we're all sitting on our couches trying to enjoy the draft and just, you know, you know, that ninth pick shows up and mm. Jalen Carter's name's not called. And then it's just like, all right, all right, go time. Yep. Yep. Roller coasters moving here. Let's see what happens. And it'll be an exciting time. 
with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcast. Find all of mine and Steven's work on allsteelers.com and go check out Steven's pick coverage at Inside the Panthers. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the beginning of a beautiful week here in the Berg. Peace. 